You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another Hoosier Hysteria episode of the Assembly Call, as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers officially kicked off the preseason practice portion of the season with their annual fan celebration and recruiting showcase. I'm your host, Andy Bonhams, here with Ryan Phillips and uh, man on the scene, Jared Morris, who will be joining us uh, and has joined us already live from Simon Scott Assembly Hall. So let's start tonight's show as we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. Uh, and for me, you know, I think the some of the, um, I mean, the easy one would be the women's NIT banner. There's no better banner moment than an actual uh, banner moment. But, uh, you know, for me, it was actually just being able to see these guys. So much buildup, so much excitement uh, over the course of the offseason. And to be able to actually see these guys play, albeit for only 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, Evan Fitzner, the shooting that we'd heard so much about was certainly on display. Uh, you know, Demise Anderson's ability to score, the activity level of a guy like Jake Forrester. Um, you know, some of the, again, as we are want to do, we'll probably read too much into a, uh, a scrimmage here, but at this point, it's all we've got. But I think some of the things that you looked at and you you pointed to about what we hope this year's team would be and their potential ability to hang a banner, I think you at least saw in in brief flashes some of those some of those things. And Archie Miller said in his comments before that uh, was excited to have the crowd be there to watch these guys grow. And so this is step one in the process. And um, but but some uh, encouraging things for sure we're seeing and uh, excited to have actual basketball, albeit just a little bit of basketball to talk about. So for me, that was the banner moment. Uh, I'll I'll go to Jared here in a second see if maybe he has one that he would. Uh, that he would throw in on top of that. But today's Hoosier Proud banner moment is brought to you as always by Hoosier Proud and now their new brand, Home Field. For years, Hoosier Proud has been the best place to find Indiana-themed apparel made by Hoosiers for Hoosiers. And back in August, they took that expertise and created Home Field, a premium collegiate apparel brand that tells unique stories about each school. So now you can find the comfiest and most unique IU apparel at homefieldapparel.com. At HoosierProud.com, their flagship site, you can still find the best slate of Indiana-themed apparel, all while sending 10% of your purchase to causes around Indiana, like the Julian Center for Empowering Survivors of Domestic Abuse. This week, be sure to check out Homefield's IU Champions tee, featuring the five championship years and a vintage IU basketball design, which I actually am wearing right now. And don't forget to use code ASSEMBLY at checkout at either site to get 15% off your first purchase. That's promo code ASSEMBLY at HoosierProud.com or HomefieldApparel.com. Now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And I will uh, start with who has been described as Indiana Radio's most opinionated, polarizing, and over-the-top personality. He is Ryan Phillips. Ryan, what was your rant? Any rants from, from the show? I have a feeling I know what it might be, but uh, any, any rants from Hoosier Hysteria? 
I, I don't know what you're referring to, but I'm, I'm excited to find out. But no, I, yeah, my thing was, I thought it was a little short. I thought they could have gone a little longer. I thought they could have uh, maybe let the scrimmage play out a little more, do like two halves of a scrimmage or something like that. Uh, I thought it was all kind of just real quick. And I get why they do it that way. Uh, I, I just would have liked to see more. I mean, I've waited so long to watch these guys play that I, want to, uh, I wanted to see a little more. But one thing that stood out to me was this is a much taller longer more versatile bunch of players it's it's just obvious on the floor they're 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 bigger and, and you can tell that they have guys who can do multiple things uh, a lot of these guys look way more confident shooting the ball some of the bigger guys look more confident shooting the ball i i agree with you i thought evan fitzner stood out a little bit i thought uh race thompson certainly stood out a lot and, and i think that we've i think we've while the that's been really silent around Indiana basketball race tops developed. I think we've hit that a lot this off season and how we thought he was going to be a big deal. But I, th- I definitely thought he Fitzner and uh, Jake Forrester were the, were the people who stood out in that scrimmage just from uh, Forrester was hitting shots. We didn't see a whole lot of that last year. You saw uh, race Thompson really dominating down low and you saw Forrester's energy, which they've talked about. So I thought those are the takeaways. Uh, and also, you know, I'd, I'd like a little more of a program there, a little more going on, but everything that they did was great. As always, uh, the multimedia stuff was fantastic. The intros were fantastic and you got to see the banner hung, which was very cool. All right. And to my right is a man who usually sits in this seat and host, but who has uh, soldiered, soldiered on to be there in person and get his first person perspective, even an interview alongside the great Herman B. Wells earlier today. So uh, I'll throw it to Jared and uh, Jared Morris. What did you, what was, what were your impressions from being there in person? You got to come see Herman when you come to Bloomington. I mean, always. Uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not bad. People will be able to tell that you're there, but it's this kind of you know hard hitting, you know on the scenes type of journalism that people will be able to to get past uh, slightly less than uh, less than optimal audio to to get your perspective. Sure, we we are live on the scene. So a lot of takeaways, and I think we'll talk about them all as we go through the show. It, you know, I think the most important thing that happened wasn't anything from the scrimmage, or wasn't anything from the dunk contest or the three point contest. It was the announcement of the Oladipo Zeller Legacy Center as they introduced the new locker room. I think that is huge. I think it's obviously huge to have two guys who are, you know, currently in the NBA, such legends at IU, you know, to lend their name, to lend their money to that facility. And I think what makes that really important is, you know, you're talking to guys like Trace Jackson Davis and Keon Brooks. I can actually see Keon Brooks on the floor right now as I talk. And, you know, these guys want to come to Indiana and they want to do well here, but they want to then go on to the NBA and they want to be stars. And what better way to paint a picture for a player about how you can do that as a Hoosier than seeing a guy who is currently a superstar. And so I think as Victor Oladipo's star continues to shine brighter and brighter, having his name right there on the Legacy Lounge and Cody Zeller too is going to be a huge recruiting tool and just a, a, a not-so-subtle reinforcement that, hey, NBA superstars play here. You want to be that, you can become that here. And so I think of all the things that happened today, that announcement and just you know locking that name in and what it means and what the locker rooms themselves mean i thought was really meaningful um it was, was really cool to hear that that those two names will continue to be a part of indiana basketball you know in, for, in, in perpetuity now yeah i thought that was was really exciting the locker room looks amazing uh as as you just look through all the different facilities upgrades and updates uh that have taken place across the uh the varsity sports at iu that's just another one that uh, was was pretty amazing just to see even the glimpses they put in video. And I'm sure there are, you know, certainly things that don't come through 
even on those kinds of scenarios. So exciting for those guys to be um, those guys who came from, you know, the prior coaching regime, quite frankly, to be that invested and that excited uh, to continue to be a big part of the program and to give back in that way uh, is, is pretty awesome. So uh, a lot of different ways we could go. I, I don't think we'll go through every single player and kind of break down uh, what we saw and overanalyze that. But let's let's yeah, just start it out. Enough. Yeah, let's start it. Let's start it this way. So, Ryan, I'll go to you first. Give me one guy who stood out to you the most for whatever reason could be because they were a lot better than what you thought could be because they were exactly what you thought. And that was, you know, reinforced beliefs you had, but give me one guy uh, that really, you know, kind of jumped off the screen to you uh, in, in some way tonight. Well, it had to be Evan Fitzner because of what the team was missing last year and what he brings. And he just has such an easy stroke from, from three and he's very, San Diego bias, San Diego there, bias. There you go. <laughs> Uh, hey, no, he went to a rival high school of mine. You cannot accuse me of bias. That's, uh, and if you see him at all this weekend, Jared, you tell him La Jolla Country Day rules, Francis Parker stinks. Um, but he, he just has a real easy shot, and he has so much confidence. And you can just see. He just, he, and, and he's so big that he doesn't feel like he, you know, he can get a shot off over anybody, all that stuff. We're going to have to start seeing him on the inside because he's going to have to work you know, outside in a little bit to make that more of a threat. Uh, and he's going to have to defend on the interior. But I just thought how easy right off the bat in that scrimmage, he knocks down a three, comes back down, hits another three. And, and they were from different spots on the floor too. So uh, I just thought his easy three-point stroke was, was, it was huge and will be huge for this team. Jared, what about you? Being there, who, who really stood out to you? You know, I, I thought to me, you know, for a team where the biggest question marks are the point guards, I thought we saw some nice point guard play. And, you know, look, that's to be expected. It's a scrimmage. The point guards are going to control the action. But I thought specifically what you saw was the first two possessions, actually the first three possessions, Devontae Green come right out and create scoring opportunities for his teammates. You know, the very first one, I think he had a nice little uh, pass to Evan Fitzner, uh, maybe the second or third possession. He drew the double team. And instead of forcing it into Fitzner, uh, you know, Zach McRoberts, man, left him wide open on the wing. Devontae had the vision to find him, and Zach McRoberts knocked it down. And those are the kinds of plays and the kind of decisions that we want to see Devontae making. So I thought that was impressive. And I thought the reason why the Kareem team won the game is because Al Durham kind of took over at the end. And I thought he really asserted himself. I thought there were two straight possessions where, you know, he found Jake Forrester for alley -oops. By the way, I think it's going to be hard to keep that guy off the floor. I mean, he's going to be a little rough around the edges, but his bounce, his activity – um, you know, I, I think he's going to find a way to earn some minutes. But I, I just thought Al looked really confident um, and looked really, you know, kind of in control of things, um, looked assertive. And so I thought, you know, point guard is going to be the biggest question mark. And so at least for the first test, uh, you know, I, I, as much of a test as a, a scrimmage at Hoosier hysteria is, I thought we saw some encouraging signs from those guys. Yeah, I, you guys hit a lot of the. Uh, Jared took some liberties there. I think mentioned at least three guys when I asked for one, but we'll let that go. Um, but you know, I, I, Forrester is one of the guys I would have mentioned. Um, but since you touched on him already, I mean, I, I'll certainly say Race Thompson. Ryan, I know you mentioned him uh, in in the opening, but I think just from an activity level standpoint, showed different ways to ways to score. Stepped out and and shot a three, and I think that's something that Archie said earlier in the week about him was that that's going to have to become a part of his game to really. Uh, step out and, and face up and just again just an activity level they talked about he's a guy who really likes to get in there and mix it up and I think you saw that uh, over the course of of the game tonight and I think when you look at him and Forrester in tandem 
They can be some interesting compliments to Juwan Morgan. They can be guys who may have to spell him when he comes off the floor. Uh, and I thought both those guys, just from an activity level, um, that can make up for a lot of things over the course of uh, over the course of a game. Just playing hard, and those two really struck me as guys that were were going to be in there, mix it up, be really uh, tough defensively and tough on the glass. I know Jared, you tweeted out uh, a play where race really. You know, Justin Smith tried to go baseline on him. He cut him off, made him take a really forced, contested long two uh, that eventually missed. And I thought he acquitted himself well on both ends of the floor. So for all the depth that we talked about heading into the season, I think being able to talk about so many guys as, uh, as really jumping out, none of whom were Juwan Morgan or Romeo Langford, uh, probably speaks well uh, to, the, uh, to the depth there. Um, I, I would, I'd like to cut in and break some news real quick. I'd like to report live from the scene. I just watched Trace Jackson Davis and Keon Brooks walk up the bleachers uh, and then walk underneath the banners and out of Assembly Hall. So I'm assuming they are now uh, going off on their evening to have a fun adventure. But I did see them and it looked like Keon Brooks is wearing a Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. Not sure what player, but interesting. Marbury, uh, maybe. I think it was reported earlier on Twitter that it was Mike Bibby. Uh, oh, Mike Bibby. Okay, that makes Very nice. Sense. Very nice. Yeah, we're really piecing together all the hard hitting stuff here for sure. <laughs> yeah. They, they um, seem to be enjoying themselves. So, all right, good, good. <laughs> just good. We appreciate that. Stop stalking high schoolers, Jared. <laughs> I'm just watching. Hey, by the way, yesterday when I was at Best Buy, I was I had to go to Best Buy because I forgot a cord, and I'm FaceTiming with my wife and my daughter in the car, and a little Jeep pulls up right in front of me, and I look up, and it's Jawan Morgan. <laughs> he was there to get something, and. Uh, yeah, all of a sudden, my daughter's like trying to tell me something. And I'm not paying attention because I'm watching Juwan in the, in the Jeep. And my wife is like, what is wrong with you? You're so starstruck. And I was like, she's like, are you going to go chase him now? I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to let him shop. You're pizza. like that every time you see me, too. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so on that note. Um, no, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah, Ryan and I never do this to you. So this is unfortunate. Um, all right. So let's, I mean, we didn't really talk too much about Juwan quite yet, but, uh, you know, certainly as the, I think we'd be remiss not to, not to talk about him at all. Um, so he, his team, uh, along with, uh, Brenna Wise won the three point contest, the way they did it, where a, a, a person from the men's team was paired up with the women's team. I thought his, his shooting looked pretty good there. Uh, he played, he, he was out for part of the scrimmage in the middle, but I think he, uh, you know, had a had a bucket inside, had another and one finish. Jared, as you mentioned, uh, good to see him make a free throw. Uh, you know, Jared, I'll go to you first. Any any thoughts around uh, Juwan that that you kind of saw from from him there? Is, was it just kind of a guy that you know what to expect? That's the leader of the team. Did exactly what you think he would. Yeah, it seemed like it. Nothing really jumped out. You know, it's a little the media wasn't allowed on the floor um, today because of the the light projections that they had. So I didn't really get a chance to get as close as I wanted. Um, and my vantage point was up here in section K. Um, so, you know, it was tough to kind of see up close and see some of the interactions. It was a little bit further away, but yeah, I mean, you know, I thought it was, it was nice that he, you know, went out there, helped win the three point contest. I thought a shooting stroke looked really good. Um, you know, and he, it seemed to me like, you know, scrimmage, he was just willing to kind of you know, take a backseat a little bit, <laughs> let some of the other guys, uh, kind of take charge, but, uh, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing in particular, uh, really jumped out. Yeah, I thought it was interesting the way they split the teams up with, with him because you kind of look down those rosters and the red team had Romeo, uh, Fitzner, uh, Justin Smith, uh, McRoberts, like, so, and, and Devontae. So a number of guys that you think are going to be in the mix for starting spots. And then it was really like Juwan and Al uh, on the white team that you knew what you'd get. And, you know, maybe they knew uh, that Race Thompson was going to score nine points in the, in the scrimmage and, and Jake Forrester. 
uh, played well. Jerome Hunter played well on that team. But I thought it was kind of a, you know, again, it's easy to read a lot into this, but it was just kind of a like, all right, well, let's just see if if the guy who we expect to be the leader of this team can uh, will what maybe is a less less talented group to victory. Um, Ryan, did you take anything away from how they split these guys up for the for the scrimmage? I just thought it was odd that it was. Uh, it was Juwan and, and really a group of guys who I would not anticipate starting uh, at least uh, at the beginning of the season. No, I mean, I, I think it was probably just the coaches said, nah, uh, let's go with this lineup. I mean, the coaches put way less thought into this as far as like the results and stuff that we're going to. I mean, this is all we're going to be able to talk about for a month, you know, because this was our only glimpse of the team. But honestly, as Archie Miller said when he came out, he's like, yeah, we're just going to put on a show for you tonight. It's not, this isn't a serious practice. And, and so I don't really put much stock into anything we saw tonight because, you know, it was all for fun. It wasn't a serious practice where they're going to go watch film of it later and, and break things down. I, 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 or even if they do, there's 15 minutes worth of film to watch with a running clock. So there's nothing really to take away from a serious perspective. I think they probably just put the teams together and said, Oh, this will work. This will work. This will work. All right, go do it. I mean, we've seen in past Hoosier hysteria. I don't know if it was past Hoosier hysteria or back when they did it, a long time ago before it was named Hoosier Hysteria. We've seen guys change teams in the middle of the game. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a practice, it's a scrimmage, it's a, you know, supposed to be for entertainment purposes. And, and really that's all it is. So I don't put too much stock into anything we saw tonight, uh, who started, who played where, who played with who, uh, we'll start to see that when the season kicks off and, and we'll start to hear from, you know, when we get actual practice reports, what's going on. All right, Jared. So you were there to see Romeo's first action on on the floor at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Uh, the ovation at the beginning w- was obviously huge. He won the dunk contest in a you know the kind of the final round of that was a little bit anticlimactic. But uh, you know, first impressions of Romeo. Thought, wait, I have a question. Is that what you thought my rant was going to be? No, I thought it was going to be because you had complained about uh, not streaming it for free. So I assumed okay. that that's well, I, that is a rant I should have gone on. But we'll do, we'll talk about that. Later. We'll save that for later. Well, now you can't. I can't like tee you up for it. I mean, you had you needed to, that needed to happen organically. Um, so, Jared, I mean, impressions of yours of Romeo? Mine from watching him was just like he makes everything look really easy, um, and I think. Uh, that that was really the big thing for me. It didn't really look like he was like jumping that hard. Jerron Davis was even saying similar things when he was on the the broadcast for the dunk contest. It was like he's not really even doesn't look like he's he's doing anything, but he's you know uh, making some pretty impressive plays. What were your impressions of him? He's just such an effortless athlete, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that he's not providing effort, but he's just so smooth, which is what Archie alluded to when he said if he was an NFL player, he'd be Randy Moss. If he was a sprinter, he'd be Usain Bolt. Like he's just got that about him. And he's just got such a glide to him. And we knew that from his high school film, but it was, it was you know, interesting seeing it in person. It, you know, he came out for the player introductions as expected. You know, his ovation was the loudest. You couldn't even hear his name be called. I will say, you know, for the record, Juwan Morgan's introduction was the same thing. You couldn't hear his name either. So it was nice to see that level of appreciation, you know, from the fans for the guy who's been there for four years and the new guy as well. You know, I thought Romeo in the scrimmage, you know, didn't, he didn't try to do too much. Uh, but I think, you know, he showed on that, you know, the, the one little play where he kind of glided into the lane and hit that floater. I mean, he's going to be able to get that shot anytime he wants it. You know, he can just, he can get to spots on the floor. He can do things that we haven't really had a guy be able to do. Um, and, and so, you know, what, and one thing I'll say about the dunk contest, I just, I thought the setup of that was a little bit strange. It's odd to have a dunk contest where you try to judge the finals based on like fan cheering, because there was, to me, there was no audible difference between who won. 
And so it was just, you know, Romeo's was, kind of was the loudest every time on the broadcast. So <laughs> was it, I, don't, I mean, maybe it was, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really hear that big of a difference, um, you know, when they did it, but you know, I mean, I thought he probably deserved to win cause he had the best, you know, the best closing dunk. And again, that dunk was one that was a lot harder to complete than he made it look. It's just, you know, he is, he's a special kind of athlete. And what makes him a really special recruit is he's also a very skilled player. So when you get a, get a guy who's a skilled player, and also, you know, the other observation that I had from the scrimmage is I thought he really competed on defense, especially early on. Like, I thought he, you know, hustled back. I thought he worked hard to beat guys to their spots. I thought he had a nice, uh, you know, play around half court where he jumped up and, you know, knocked a pass down. And, you know, for a guy, you know, people have kind of questioned, will that be a weakness this year? He's certainly going to have an adjustment when it comes to learning defensive principles and understanding how hard he has to play all the time. But to see him come out and his natural instinct was to compete in a scrimmage, I thought that was good to see. So, I will say this, Jared. I, th- I think that what you're alluding to is that they need to invite us to judge the dunk contest next year. Is that the that that's what I'm getting from that? Is that we need to be sitting there? Yeah. Yeah, that's. I think that's clearly the takeaway. Yes, that is, that is definitely the takeaway. All right, that's what I thought. They're we'll, so we'll impartial, to, so yeah. We'll have to contact some people. Uh, yeah. Yes. We'll see what we can do. All right, let's take a short break here to offer a quick reminder about our free email newsletter because with the season fast approaching, now is absolutely the best time to subscribe to it. If you're a serious IU Hoops fan, you really do need to be subscribed. You'll get our weekly Six Banner Sunday News Roundup as well as our detailed post-game analysis emails once the season begins. Those emails are a 1,500 to 2,000 words of additional in-depth IU analysis, often stats-based that we don't post on our blog. So you have to be subscribed to the email list to get it. And that is why more than 6,000 of your fellow IU fans are already subscribed. Joining them is easy. Just text IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. That's IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. Hey, All right. I, I break, I breaking news. Oh, more breaking news. Don't, yeah, I, I don't have Keon or Trace for an interview, but... We do have the coach. Hey, we there's the coach up here in section K. He made it to Hoosier hysteria. Perhaps no greater upset today than I don't know what's happening in college football, but potentially no greater upset today than having the coach uh, at uh, at Simon Scott Assembly Hall for the Hoosier event hysteria. He, event he really loves. I mean, now I, I will let you know he can't hear what you're saying right now, uh-huh. but he is he is smiling along because he's a true professional. <laughs> so, but he, we will be able to hear him. So I want to get your thoughts real quick, Coach on how excited were you that they, before the scrimmage, they did actual, actual basketball drills. Oh, Is that like the greatest moment of your offseason? Yeah, your, your tweet was right. Can you hear him? Your tweet yeah, was it's right okay. Um, I was excited to see him going up and down and stretching, and I was worried about the duck contest. I didn't know if they stretched enough at that point, but, yeah, the, the scrimmage was nice. Any, any other takeaways while we have you here? Al From, Durham. Yeah. Um, I'll talk uh, – Al Durham, I haven't heard your part of your show yet. If anyone's mentioned that, I thought he looked good. I thought Race Thompson looked really good getting up and down the floor, getting off the ground and getting some rebounds. And, uh, yeah, the depth is there. You can you can really tell. I thought Demise struggled early, but then he scored. Yeah. So there's a lot of good things to look at uh, in that brief moment. Nothing super to tell for a season long, but those two things stood out. Al shot, it looks beautiful. Yeah, it does. And the next down? Yeah, I, right. I saw where you were at, so I walked up here to see you, and then uh, that's where that's where I'll go for a little bit before we're heading out. Awesome. So if you're here in Bloomington, hang out with us. We'll be at Nick's a little bit later. Jealous. Man, Jealous. you guys are just rubbing it in. Jealous. I'm going to shut this down right now. No, I'm, um, no. <laughs> All 
All right. So he, it, so coach didn't bring up a guy. I, I did want to talk about a couple of the freshmen that we hadn't touched on yet. Um, and so Demisi was one of those. So that's an easy segue for him. Uh, you know, he just strikes me as a scorer through and through just finds ways to put the ball in the basket. A couple scored his first couple of baskets more in the, in the post, uh, or at least inside hit a nice three. Um, I think in the three point contest, you know, was, you know, just look kind of smooth, but again, somewhat effortless. Um, so he, he's a guy, I think it's going to be interesting to see like how his role shakes out. Cause he's a guy that can go out and get you buckets. Um, but by his own admission earlier in the week with some of the stuff, there's some pieces of it he's struggling with. So Ryan, uh, I'll go to you first on Demisi, but what, what were your big takeaways from, from watching him play, uh, in the, in the 15 minute scrimmage at the end of the, uh, proceedings tonight? Well, Jared said on Twitter that, you know, Demisi doesn't really leave his feet when he shoots. And that's true. And so part of what I want to see from them is them kind of unlock his athleticism a little bit. I realize that's going to take take time. That's probably a next summer thing. Uh, but you hey, let, let me say, let me, he didn't in the, in the contest. I, I know. Or in the scrimmage. Okay. I, I, I know. And, and, and yeah, once you get a guy moving and up, going up and down the floor, it's going to change things. Then that was kind of what my next point was. But you want to see it where that is every time, every action he has, that he's not so flat-footed. Because I, I thought at times in the scrimmage, he did look flat-footed. Now, again, he's a freshman. This is all new. As he said, he struggled with some things. He struggled with the speed of things. And he's going to. That's just the the way this plays out when you're a freshman entering college. Uh, but I would say that I think that it would be nice to see sort of a little more athleticism about it because we know he can score. If you can knock that up a little bit, that the ability to you know maybe add a couple inches on the vertical, maybe uh, be a little quicker side to side and getting up and down the floor, I think that you could really turn him from a guy who looks like he'd be a nice piece to being a really good player. And And I think that that's sort of what they've got to try and do. And I'm sure, I mean, the coaches know that. That's that's the next step with him, I think. Getting him comfortable in college and then working on making him a little bit more explosive. If, if you're going to have a score, you got to have you got to have some explosiveness to it. Uh, Jared, so the other guy I wanted to talk about, I'll go to you first on this, um, but I'm sure Ryan will have some thoughts as well, was Jerome Hunter. I, I thought from, well, I'll let you give your, your perspective first um, about him and, and kind of what you saw from him in the scrimmage. Uh, I thought he was very willing to shoot. You know, he, he, you know, clearly had confidence taking outside shots. I don't, I, I don't recall him making one, but you know, he took he a did. few of them. Um, you know, I, you know, really, I, I thought he was one of the guys that didn't, didn't stand out a ton to me, you know, but I thought he was aggressive offensively. I think obviously, you know, his length and just the overall length. I mean, even from sitting up here in section K, like you could just tell that this is a, a longer, more athletic team and he's a big part of it. So, you know, I thought what we saw from him today in the scrimmage reinforced what I think we'll see from him during his freshman year, which is a lot like Justin Smith last year. You know, he's a guy who's got some ability. He's a guy who has some understanding to get into the right spots but he'll probably struggle and be inconsistent early on. And if he can come along like Justin did last year, I think he's got a chance to be a really important part of the rotation, maybe even a starter um, later on in the season, because you can see kind of the talent and the ability there. Um, but, you know, now you've just got to start kind of chipping away some of the rougher edges. Yeah. It's, it's an adjustment period for everybody. It's going to be for these younger guys. And I thought that Jerome looked, you know, like a guy trying to figure it out. And, but the thing is, is that like, from what we saw, we don't really know. This could have just been an off scrimmage for him. 
as far as scoring or whatever, and that, you know, he'll have one tomorrow where he lights it up. I mean, and that's what you're going to get with freshmen is a little inconsistency, maybe trying to feel their way through. I did think he was willing to shoot, which is a good sign. He's not uh, shy, and that that's great, especially for a guy who hasn't played basketball his entire, you know, for at a high level for a super long time. Uh, I, I think that it, it that he'll be fine, and, and I agree. I think that if he follows the Justin Smith uh, track, as we saw last year and just gets better as the season goes along. That'll be great for Indiana, especially heading into his sophomore year. You'll see him really take a step forward because I think talent wise, he's better than Justin Smith. Now, maybe not physically, but talent wise, I think he is. And, and as far as his, his ceiling is higher. So we just want him to get on that track as a freshman where he's consistently getting better all year. I think I'd be happy with all of the freshmen just a steady improvement all year as opposed to maybe exploding onto the scene and, and peaking out early. I want to see these guys really get better as the year goes along. I think what I saw from Jerome was a guy who's going to be able to do a little bit of everything. And so even though I think I only had him for two points in what I had, but I thought he rebounded the ball really well, particularly at the beginning of the scrimmage and then had the skill on one of them at least to you know, rebound and then really push it up the court and it led to a race Thompson dunk. So I think that versatility of, what he can do. He's talked about, you know, trying to improve his, his perimeter skills and those kinds of things. But yeah, he, he seemed to me to be a guy who uh, could do a little bit of everything and, and is going to, there'll be nights when he might score, you know, 10 or 12 points. And there might be other nights that he scores two, uh, but still is able to impact the game either defensively or, or from a rebounding standpoint. So I thought that was a, a positive with him for sure. Uh, we touched on, I think that's most of the freshmen. Um, didn't talk about Rob Finnessy. Um, you know, didn't didn't start. I thought he had a good, a nice defensive sequence on one of them. Uh, let's hit a couple of the returnees, and and then maybe we can wrap up here. Um, McRoberts was one, uh, the hardest. What did they say? The hardest working uh, player in the country, or something, as part of his intro. Yeah, he, he was introduced as the hardest working man in college hoops. Nice, nice. Uh, so I thought, you know, I, that I was, was in- Jay Billis, but okay. I thought yeah, I was, was going to say that. <laughs> Nice. So, so Jared, the way they did the, um, the, the three point contest on the, on the feed was a little bit hard. You didn't ever really get to see consistently, um, you, you know, straight through one side of things going. So it was hard to really get a good read in, in a lot of cases on, on how guys shots look, but he's a guy that we've talked about, um, being able to really knock down and take shots. He did hit one early in the scrimmage. Uh, any impressions from you on on what his shooting stroke looked like, maybe compared to last year uh, while he was shooting in the three-point contest? Uh, nothing from the three-point contest. You, number one, just the setup of that I think is odd. We've got two people shooting on each side, so it makes it hard to follow. And I think yeah. when he was shooting, either Evan or Demisi were on the other end, and so I was focused on those guys. Either way, I wouldn't take much of a three-point contest because you're never going to be in a game picking a ball up off of a rack and shooting it. You're going to be you know, shooting it off the dribble. You're going to be getting a pass from somebody. And I thought, you know, the very first opportunity Zach had to come in and knock down a shot. I mentioned earlier when, when Devontae found him in the corner and he took it. And that's the kind of assertiveness we need. You know, Zach doesn't necessarily, he doesn't need to hunt shots. You know, he doesn't necessarily need to look for shots. He just needs to take the shots that find him. Yeah, and I thought, I you know, too often last year, he would pass those up when a lot of possessions, you know, he's getting a good shot with 15 seconds left in the shot clock. And that's the best shot you're going to get the entire possession. And you end up with the worst one, you know, with three or four seconds left in the shot clock. So he's going to have openings because there are so many guys who are going to, who you're going to pay attention to. And I thought he looked a lot more comfortable just out on the floor. You know, there were a few possessions where, you know, he even brought it up one time, you know, 
not, I don't know that he was initiating the offense, but he was at least, instead of just always being a ball mover with the pass, it looked like he was just a little bit more comfortable putting the ball on the floor, getting into a pick and roll, and just, you know, making something happen besides just passing it as quickly as he got it. So, again, you know, he's a senior. You would expect him to be comfortable in a scrimmage setting like this, so we're going to have to see it in games. But if at a minimum he's just more ready to step up and shoot those open threes from the corner that he took, he is a he can be a really solid three and D weapon for this team, and that'll keep him in the rotation all year long. And his his shooting stroke doesn't need to get better. He doesn't even need to shoot a better percentage than he did last year. He can shoot the same thirty nine percent, just take double the threes, and he's a more productive offensive player because the opportunities will be there. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I think that the stroke was fine last year. It was just the willingness to take him was the problem, and. The fact that he just stepped into one right away in the scrimmage really said something to me that he's he's ready to take on that burden this year, which was which is big for Indiana. Yeah, the other returnee that I wanted to hit was Justin Smith. We haven't talked about him uh, too much at all lately. Uh, had a good showing in the dunk contest. I feel like his legs are like tree trunks at this point. The way he that he's good. <laughs> yeah. So that was, a, that was a development that at least was, was visible there, but Ryan, uh, anything stand out from, from you, from Justin in the scrimmage or, uh, or anything you saw from him today? No, just straight up physically. He looks better. And, and, and he, I, I didn't think he was a guy who didn't, you know, have a good body last year, but his, he has more of a basketball based athletic body than I think he did last year. Last year, he seemed like he was just kind of tall and skinny and 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 athletic and now it looks like he has a body built for a bass to be a basketball player and, and uh you, you you guys remember we saw og and Obi in person and we're just like oh god look at like you know his calves were enormous and his thighs were enormous and it was just you know he was built physically to be a basketball player and i feel like justin smith looked a lot more like that uh, out on the floor and just the way he was moving he looked a lot smoother he looked a lot more uh, like he was more of a quick twitch athlete who plays basketball as opposed to just being a tall, skinny, athletic guy. Uh, it just looked like he is built to play the game now. And I think that's a huge development for Indiana because he's a big part of this year. He's going to have to step up and be the third option. And, and he more than likely, as far as we're looking at it right now. And so I, I think that that's a huge development and dude looks like he's ready to play. All right, Jared. So this is a question for you since you're there and it seems like you were kind of walking around the line at Hoosier Hysteria and things like that. Um, you know, I think we've we've certainly seen this from the folks that we interact with uh, in the show, just kind of with the excitement about this upcoming season. Give us a feel for, you know, what you took away from being able to be there, be around the fans, uh, the people, you know, waiting in line to get in. Um, what, what's the what's the general vibe uh, there as you as you talk to people and get ready to head into the season? Uh, the general vibe is a lot of enthusiasm about this team, you know, of course, because of Romeo, but also because you have a returnee like Juwan and, you know, because of the, you know, the overall recruiting class, I think there's also a certain level of impatience because the off season has been so long. Uh, and, you know, because of all the good news that we've had this off season, it just, it feels like this off season is dragging on so much longer than other ones have. So people are just, salivating and ready for any type of basketball which we got today uh, but you know I also think there's a you know for for this program not making the NCAA tournament for two straight years there's just there's a very calm confidence about it and I think you know that's natural because it's the fan base kind of following the lead of the head coach who I think is setting a really solid tone for the program 
you know, even though the results haven't been there the last couple of years, people have a real confidence in the direction of this program and the guy at the helm. And so I think that's, that's really what I, what I took from it is people are just very much expecting this team to get better. I don't think anybody's expecting miracles, but they're expecting an entertaining season with a team that's going to play an entertaining brand of basketball, but also a disciplined brand of basketball and a lot of talented, fun athletes to watch. Uh, you know, and so, so I just think, you know, that, and I think that will really carry over into the season. I think we'll see a lot of really enthusiastic crowds. Um, and, and I think as long as, I think as long as everybody is patient and understands that it may take this team a little while to gel and for young guys to get their feet under them and all that stuff, the team has a chance to be really good by February and March. And I think everybody recognizes that. And that's why there's so much excitement. And you know what else is exciting? This team might even be better next year, too. So you feel like you've got an exciting season on the docket right now. And we're really looking forward to this season. But you, when you take the long view of the program, you're looking at, well, this season will be fun. But next year could be even better. And, and I think we haven't had that in a long time. And I think that it's been... We're looking forward to this season when certain guys are seniors and certain guys are probably going to be heading to the NBA and we're, we're targeting this year. And then, well, let's hope we get some great recruits and can, you know, bounce back real quickly. I, I feel like this feels different than we felt in a while in that it's not only a chance for a great season this year, but they're building something that's really special. All right, so we're going to go to last call here in a second, but I'll, I'll kind of we've talked a lot about individual players uh, as we've as we've talked through things so far. Um, but I'm going to ask you guys to give me one aspect of this team that you feel better about, or di maybe just differently about after having actually seen them in action. Ryan, I'll go to you first. What's, uh, what stood out to you from a team perspective, not necessarily individually? Size and versatility. I think that these guys look not just, we knew they were going to be taller and, and longer and more athletic and all that stuff, but I feel like they're actually bigger. Than, than we thought they would look. And maybe that's just the off-season conditioning program or just, you know, most of these guys, we've seen their, high, their, their video on, online from their high school seasons. Obviously, they've been working out. They look bigger. They look more put together. And they look like they can be versatile. I mean, you look at Race Thompson stepping out on the perimeter and he was banging inside. I mean, Jerome Hunter, looking at him on the floor, do you have any doubts that he could defend a post-up if he needed to in a pinch? No, of course not. Uh, and, and I feel, would feel the same way about Justin Smith and guys like that. Jake Forrester looks better uh, and, and more athletic. They're not, it's going to be hard to keep him off the floor. So I just think versatility and size are, are two things that I think were an issue last year. And I think that because really you had Juwan Morgan as a swing guy and occasionally you're having Zach McRoberts be a swing guy too, you know, inside out. Now you've got loads of guys who could fill that role. And, and so I, I really think that's the most impressive thing and, and maybe most unexpected. Jared, what about you? Well, I talked already about the point guard play, uh, so I was encouraged about that. But I, I think what I'm most encouraged about being back here and you know seeing the facilities, experiencing this, you know, hearing the the announcement of the locker room, is that you know this program now seems willing to step up and do the things that big time blue blood basketball programs need to do. You know, you, the, the investing the money to get the elaborate light show. I thought that was great. I mean, that yeah, looked was fantastic in person. And, you know, I thought, you know, they didn't do the, the recruit walk across like you got last year. So, you know, Trace and Keon didn't get their like loud ovation. And I'm not exactly sure why. So I'm hoping someone asks Archie in the postgame press conference. But they did. They had him sitting in a different spot. So they're actually like sitting up, um, you know, in like the, they had some reserved seating up in like the main concourse area, not right behind the bench. And I think they did that so that those guys could see the floor projections. 
because they wouldn't be able to see him quite as well from the from the actual floor itself. And those look great. So that, you know, the locker rooms and, you know, shoot, just walking around Memorial Stadium and seeing how impressive that looks. Like it, things look and feel more like big, big time college sports. Of course, um, they do that after we graduate, right? Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, I hope and I'm sure that the guys do, you know, understand how many great players and great teams came before them that made all of this possible. Like that locker room is incredible. You know, and that locker room is there because of what Victor Oladipo and Cody Zeller did, because of what DJ White did, because of what the 93 Hoosiers did. Like, I mean, they are really standing on the shoulders of Giants. And that's what is so great about this program. And I think the, the program and its traditions and its resources have deserved to have facilities like this and deserve to have a Hoosier Hysteria show like this. And I'm glad that now we're seeing it because that's what it's going to take to get the next generation of great players. And uh, to me, being here, that's my biggest takeaway is it just feels more big time now. And that's what it should feel like. I got to say my favorite part every year of any Indiana basketball thing is how the loudest cheer every time is for the watch shot. It was bigger than the, it was bigger <laughs> than the Romeo Lankford. When they showed the video with the watch shot, it was bigger than Romeo Lankford's intro cheer, bigger than Joan Morgan. That gets the biggest cheer every time. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. They should so, start playing that when, when opposing players shoot free throws, right? Yeah. When they're about to shoot it. Just play that shot. <laughs> Everybody will go nuts and it'll shock them. Nice. Uh, Good idea. Yeah, I think that until a big moment surpasses that, that every time that that comes up, people are just going to go nuts. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think it's time for our first last call of the, of the season. So we'll, uh, we'll go around the horn. Just any quick thoughts, Jared, it's probably appropriate to let you go first because we're potentially the only thing standing between you and a trip to Knicks with coach. So, uh, far be it, far be it for me to to stand in your way of that. So I'll let you, uh, I'll let you go first. Appreciate you jumping on uh, while you're there, and uh, and hope you enjoy the rest of your visit for sure. Um, so a couple observations that that just haven't really fit anywhere. I tell you one thing about this crowd and Al Durham. There is some real fan favorite potential with Al Durham. Like you can just tell when he does stuff. It's like fans kind of get to the edge of their seat and want to cheer. Like the roof would have come off of this place if he had completed that between the legs dunk that he was trying to do. He never did. But, and, and I could kind of sense it with his introduction. He had one of the loudest uh, uh, cheers that anybody else got. So I feel like this, uh, this fan base seems to be embracing Al Durham, which I thought was really interesting to see. Um, you know, really, I think what I, what I said previously just about this feeling more big time I'll let that stand as my last comment because I think it's absolutely the biggest and most important takeaway. Uh, but the only other thing I will say is, uh, you know, from the moment that I drove into Bloomington, I love being back here always, love being in the city. It's great feeling how the heart and soul of this city don't change, even though it continues to grow and develop and there are new things. You know, it was, it's great seeing Coach. It was, it's great seeing Will DeWitt, who's over here sitting by me, took some great photos that we'll have uh, to show you. But it doesn't feel right being here without you guys. Uh, who are such incredible teammates as we get ready to enter our eighth season. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm really thankful to have you two guys on this show and really excited to now really kind of go into the third phase, I feel like, of the assembly call. We had those first two seasons that were so exciting, you know, the 2012-2013 the season. It feels like we've been in the wilderness a little bit since then, ups and downs and false starts. I really feel like now, this season, is the beginning of something new. And it, last season was because it was Archie's first season, but this year even more, I think we've got it. We're going to have a really fun, good team. I think the future looks bright and I am 
you know, really, really excited to, uh, to watch it and chronicle it with you and the chat mob and everybody else who makes the assembly call community so wonderful. So I'm just, uh, I'm excited for the season and, uh, excited, you know, this is our, our kind of our first post game show and I'm already ready to do some more. So the, the next month is going to be excruciating. Waiting yeah. for the next post game <laughs> will be. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Ryan, what's your last call from today? I just thought it was fun. I mean, I, I know I complained it was a little short, but uh, I will say that Indiana, if you're listening, don't stick this on BTN Plus. Give us this streaming on Facebook, YouTube, wherever, on your, on your homepage. Get the hits to your homepage. I don't care. Just put this where people can see it because a lot of people don't have a BTN Plus subscription. A lot of people couldn't be there. Put this on where somebody can watch and get excited. You want people to get excited about your program? Give them access to this and, and give them access to a showcase that lets you show off your players, get excited, watch a dunk contest, all that stuff. Uh, I, I think that that really needs to happen. And this needs to st- I don't know if the Big Ten has a rule about this or what, but if they do, tell them to go stick it. You need to show this off. You need to sell your program. Put it online. Uh, a lot of high school kids uh, who may, maybe want, who couldn't be there in attendance and want to watch this and get excited about high school basketball or uh, who's your basketball, uh, you know this is a great opportunity to sell the program. And that's basically what Hoosier hysteria is supposed to be. Introduce the team and sell the program. And quite frankly, it should be free for every Hoosier fan to watch. And and so that's my end end, uh, second rant there. But the last thing I will say is I I agree with Jared. Everybody who watches, listens to this show, uh, we owe this all to you. You guys are awesome. We do this for you. Uh, God knows we're not making a ton of money on it. But it's 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 a blast to do this for you guys, and uh, really looking forward to another year of it. Uh, working with Andy and Jared, and you know having Coach and and everybody else who makes this possible, and you guys, of course, uh, who who watch and comment. We love you, and uh, your you know energy for this it makes it so much so worthwhile to watch er, to do, uh, and and come back to every year. So really excited. This is our first show. Uh, as, as Jared said, uh, it's going to be excruciating for the next month, not getting to do anything, uh, related to, uh, an actual game footage, but, uh, really fun and really looking forward to season number eight. Yeah. And for me, it was, you know, this is kind of like, you've got the present wrapped under the Christmas tree for, for quite a while. And we've had like a, you know, five month look at this present sitting under there and, and you're trying to open it and figure out what it might be and what it might look like. And this was really our first glimpse. I think um, this is going to be a team that's going to grow a lot, but there are a lot of things to be excited about just from first impressions of these guys, their first time with the uniform on playing at assembly hall. Uh, and I think uh, there's a lot of, you know, most of the reasons that people were optimistic coming into the season. I don't think anything that happened today um, should make anybody feel any less enthusiastic the depth that we all look forward to and talked about that was missing last year and the competition for playing time uh i think you see that that these guys are really going to go at each other and make each other better uh and and if archie's going to get down to that nine and ten man rotation uh there were some of the guys that we talked about being really impressed with this year that might not or today that may not be able to to make their way into that nine or ten and i think that is a great sign for the program from a depth perspective from a talent uh, and so I think those are the kinds of things that win you games during a, a slog of a 20 game Big Ten season, being able to have a number of guys that you can really turn to uh, and count on. And I think that's exciting. And that's what I'm you know, most excited about to watch these guys, these guys grow and, uh, and, and watch what this team can become. But 
uh, you could tell that Archie's excited about it. Jared, as you mentioned, the fans are certainly excited about it. And, uh, and I'm, I'm even more excited about it than I was before after watching a 15 minute scrimmage. So, uh, I, I'm not sure what that says about me, but it's probably the same thing it says about a lot of the people who are watching this show and, uh, and, and talking to us throughout the off season. So, uh, an exciting first glimpse, uh, at this team and, uh, we'll certainly have a lot to talk about and, and break this down a little bit more as we go forward with our shows. Uh, for the remainder of the offseason until we we do kind of find a way to to get through uh, this next month or so without games. But uh, it was an exciting unveiling of this team, an unveiling of the locker room. Um, so we are uh, excited, as, as both Jared and Ryan said, to be with everybody throughout the journey of the season. But that will do it for this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. Remember that our live broadcasts immediately following every IU game are always available on our homepage at assemblycall.com and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And you can always catch up on demand anytime with our podcast. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again on Thursday night for our next edition of Assembly Call Radio. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com support that lists five ways that you can support The Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show... We appreciate it. Thank you. Cascade Platinum every night saves you water every night. Come meet me at the dishwasher base. See, hand washing dishes at your sink uses about four gallons of water every two minutes. Naughty, naughty sink. But with Cascade Platinum at your dishwasher, four gallons of water gets the whole job done. So the flow of that H2O. Change your routine. Do it every night with Cascade Platinum. A surprising way to save water. Rocket Pro Insight makes it easy for real estate agents to help clients strengthen their offers with a verified approval, giving you the power to adjust the approval letter amount. Sign up today at rocketpro.com slash real estate. Offer terms and details. Equal housing lender. License in 50 states. NLS number 33. Verified approval. Only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions.